Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. Get on the Word of God, talk about it, allow it to change our lives. We're talking today about the joy of God and how we view God. That's really important. But I must say, before we get started, I want to talk about an answer to prayer here. We come here every single day, and we and a lot of people come here live, and there's a chat over on the side, and people pray for one another. Really a great prayer request answered. One of the women who comes here regularly praying for her brother-in-law, who was pretty ill and a lot of uh, a lot of problems physically, and evidently just came to Christ. You can come to Christ even late in your life, even on your deathbed. Our God doesn't say He only lets you come at certain times. No, our God is a great God, and He's and His heart is open to anyone. So we rejoice with Tracy at this great answer to prayer. Praise the Lord! And it leads right into our message because we're talking today about the joy of God. And you know what it says in Scripture? There's joy in heaven. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous who need no repentance. How cool is that? There's joy in heaven today. And I actually want to talk about that because I want to ask what your view of God is. You know, we're called to be like God, and and there's something within us humans that does draw us to want to be like that which we worship. If you worship God, you'll become like God. Now, you won't become omnipotent or omniscient, but you'll develop his character and qualities. And we want to talk about some of these today. If you worship something else, if you you know you worship an athlete, you'll try and become like that athlete. You'll try and imitate him. Scripture says we should be imitators of God. Aim high, my friends. Aim high. Don't aim to have some earthly idol. Aim high. You are created to be like God. Look what it says in, in, in Ephesians 5.1, be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love just as Christ also loved you. In 1 Peter chapter 1, it says this, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your behavior because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. This is God's plan that you be like him. You grow to be like him. We're his children. We're to imitate him. We're to have his love. We're to have his faithfulness, his goodness, his mercy, his holiness. But do you view God as being joyful? It's important you think about this because sometimes I think as Christians, we feel a little guilty if we're too happy. I don't know if you feel that way. There's times I felt that way. Uh, my wife was saying today, maybe this is something that was a little bit more in in our past, but I think there's still a lot of Christian influence and a lot of Christian denominations out there that teach that as Christians we should be stern, we should be somber, we should be walking around with a long face, and and if a Christian's a little bit too happy, you wonder what's going on there. There must be something wrong. But our God is a joyful God. Believe it or not, our God is a joyful God. And if you're going to be like God, you've got to understand what he's like. You've got to understand this aspect of his character, how God made you to be joyful. Or as Jesus said in John 15, 11, that Jesus had joy and he wants his joy to be in us and our joy to be made full. Wow. That's the will of God for you. 
That's something God is developing in your life, a fullness of joy. And this is not this is not wrong. And a lot of sometimes I want to address this today, the joy of God. Um the joy the joy of God was not the result or joyfulness was not the result of the fall. Some people wonder if laughter, humor, joy, happiness uh, these are the results of the fall. The fall, of course, when sin entered and we, you know, we became corrupted people. And one reason for this, I suppose, is a lot of times we laugh at or our humor is based on things that are crude or uh, sinful or wrong or we shouldn't really be laughing at. And that's a fake happiness, a fake joy. That's not what that's not the joy of God. It's temporal, it doesn't last. And it's, it, it doesn't lift up the best of you as a human being. But you can have a true joy. Our God, look at this. It speaks of God at the creation. When God was making the world, and he, he is possessing wisdom, and wisdom is personified here. And wisdom says, speaking in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 30 and 31, Then I was beside him as a master workman as God was creating the earth. I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the world, his earth, and having my delight in the sons of men. That's right. Before the fall, before the fall, when God was making the, Proverbs 8, when God was making the heavens and the earth, and it describes this in verses preceding this in Proverbs 8, God was filled with joy. He was rejoicing, and and wisdom that's personified as being with God, that wisdom was rejoicing as well. Our God rejoiced in eternity past. How about in the future? Jesus told a parable about people who would be faithful in serving God, and God would entrust them with certain uh, resources, and they'd be faithful in the use of those resources, and at the judgment day, it says God will reward them this way. God will say to them, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Isn't that interesting? This is talking about eternal life. This is talking about the rewards of heaven. And it's going to be entering into the joy in this parable God is the master. You and I are the slaves. You and I are the servants. Enter into the joy of your master. Our God has, it's his nature to be joyful. Our God is a, dare say, is a happy God. You say, wait a minute, Tom, isn't happiness and joy different? Uh, I used to think so. I'm no longer convinced they are. I think it's the same Hebrew word and the same Greek word, sometimes translated happiness, sometimes translated joy. I often thought in the past that happiness was based only on your circumstances and joy was based on something internal coming from God. But I think the words can be used interchangeably. And so it would say of God, it'd say of God, our God is a joyful or a happy God. And by the way, the circumstances for God are good. Now, how about now? God was filled with joy before and rejoicing when he created the world. God has joy into all of eternity. How about now? 
Look in, in uh, Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist writes, and he says, in your presence is fullness of joy. Have you ever experienced that? I sure have. I'll bet you have. A time of worship of God, a time of prayer, a time of maybe experiencing seeing the hand of God, seeing God save someone, seeing God transform a life, seeing a breakthrough in your life. In his presence is fullness of joy. I used to, you know, growing up in church, it was very stern, very holy, very somber. I probably grew up in a church thinking that if someone smiled, that would be frowned upon. You know, you 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 didn't you whispered in church, and if you spoke at all, you didn't. You know, you, you the, the emphasis was on the holiness and the and the the awe of God. And you weren't supposed to be happy. And maybe out afterwards, out in the uh, lobby, you could talk, but you weren't. You you approach God with this great fear. And by the way, that is a good thing. I'm not I'm not dissing that in any way. But there's a balance with that. Our God, in His presence, is fullness of joy. And when our worship experience, there may be times that we are overcome with awe. There may be times we fall to our knees in awe or raise our hands in praise. But there may and should also be times when in his presence we sense joy because our God is a great God and our God loves us. In fact, look what it says how he's acting when we're together. He speaks of actually speaking of bringing us together in eternal life. The Lord your God is in your midst, it says in Zephaniah 3.17. A victorious warrior, he will exult over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. He's both quiet and he has a peaceful rest and he can give us the rest of soul knowing that he walks in this victory. But he also exalts over us with shouts of joy, rejoicing over us with shouts of joy. You, my friend, are a trophy of God's grace. You are evidence of his goodness. You reflect his glory. And God sees you. He has rescued you. He has saved you. You are the result of the cross of Christ, the suffering of Christ. And what's it say in Hebrews 12? Jesus endured the cross for the joy of set before him. That joy when he'd be reunited with his father and that joy when when you and I, his children, would be saved and would reign with him in glory forever and ever and ever. There's a lot of joy in the Bible. Don't, Don't think there's not. Now, again, we do live in a fallen world. We do suffer loss. There are times of sadness and grief in our lives. And we battle at times discouragement because sometimes we feel, you know, overwhelmed. Sometimes we feel despair. We feel these things, but these are the attacks of the enemy. Grief and loss over sadness, grief, mourning over sin, that's appropriate. But discouragement, despair, uh, giving up, losing hope, these are the attacks of the enemy. And this is when we must rediscover the joy of God Because as it says in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Brothers and sisters, we're called to imitate our God and to be like our God. Keep in mind, yes, our God hates sin. Yes, our God 
will have wrath at sin. Yes, our God will judge, but also, at the same time, understand that part of who his character is, there's a joy in his life. There's a joy at your salvation. There's a joy in his love for you. There's a joy in the world he's made. There's a joy in the work he's doing in our lives. There's joy because God is engaged in saving souls, saving people, renovating us, making us new, and he's succeeding. And he's succeeding, and God's purposes will be fulfilled. And for this, we're filled with joy too. Amen? Father in heaven, we we praise you today. We acknowledge that in your presence is fullness of joy. And we thank you today that you you rejoice over us. You exalt over us. We're your trophy. You've won with us. You've saved us. You've rescued us from the domain of darkness. Lord, you're rejoicing over us more than any Super Bowl victory, more than anyone who hit that last second shot, buzzer beater shot to win the game, more than anyone who, who had great exhilaration. You are exhilarated and exulting because you have saved us. I want to thank you as we've been praying for Tracy's brother-in-law, saving him. And we remember there's joy in heaven over one sinner who repents. Thank you for the joy in heaven you have. And thank you for the day when even now we, we experience trials and difficulties and testings and, and even putting to death the deeds of the flesh. But thank you the day will come. The day will come when we will enter into the joy of our master. And we, when we're getting glimpses of it now, Father, we know that just glimpses of what eternity will be like. But we do pray, and I pray for each one here, that we would experience more and more of your joy. Deliver us from a spirit of heaviness. Deliver us from a spirit of oppression. Deliver us from discouragement or despair or depression. Lord, there's so many things that could get us down. But you can raise us up, and you will. And when the enemy comes in against us, help us to rise up against him and claim the victory and the joy that we have in Christ. Let us do it this very day, this day, Lord. When we encounter attacks, when we encounter things that would want to drag us down, help us to realize our God has overcome, and we are in Christ, and therefore we are overcomers as well. Today, might we be imitators of God, Loving what's good, loving what's holy, loving what's righteous, and being filled with the joy of the Lord. We pray it in Christ's name and for his glory. Amen, amen, and amen. I love the word of God, don't you? It's beautiful, it's awesome. Old Testament, New Testament, it all works together. Our God doesn't change. Don't think in the Old Testament he's a mean old ogre and the New Testament he's kind of loving. Sometimes it Sometimes it just we can get this wrong impression of God. The devil wants you to get a wrong impression. Don't do it. Understand who he is. Hey, if you're new, I hope you'll join us regularly. We'd love to have you along. You can come live and, like I said, share prayer requests and so on in the chat. Join the chat. You can watch later in the day. That's fine. You can even listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Just search for Tom the Preacher. But I hope you... Join our community, subscribe, like the video, and share this with your friends. Post it in your social media, pass it along. We all could use a good dose of God's Word reminding us of the joy of the Lord. God bless you, I love you, and we'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Bye-bye.